Welcome everybody to the In the Dome podcast, podcast, podcast. Not bad. Pretty good. Much better. That was a second take, everybody. All right. If you've been listening for a bit, we've been nonstop bitching about how we have this like crazy surplus of bottom six forwards. You have like, what do we have now? We're down to maybe six. I think we're down to like eight now. We're down to eight now. <laughs> so finally, Brad, you're living. Move somebody out. So let's break this down. Okay, first off, we need to give a in memoriam to the 3M line because they've been fucking awesome. Can we have a moment of silence? Excellent. Thank you. Thank you, Michael Froelich, Matthew Chuck, Michael Backlund. Even though they've been broken up for quite a long time. You know what? I have very little qualms with Michael Froelich's tenure here as a Dude, he was player. great. He's, well, he's Brad Living's best, if not only, free agent signing that's worked out, right? Yeah. I think. I feel like if you gauge the social media landscape and even a little bit of the reactionary stuff on the Fan 960, it almost sounds like there's maybe a 70 to 30 split. 70% of the people think this was a good deal. 30% don't. But I kind of feel like the people in the 30% ballpark don't really necessarily understand how important it was to clear that money off the cap. Well, yeah, I've seen a few people like, what, building a pack of fourth? It's like, what are you going to get from Michael Froelich making $4.3 million on an expiring deal? Yeah, and see, that was the other argument too. It was like, we should have got more. We should have yeah, got a like, first. What are you talking about? No. You're, I think, I think like, you're, you're happy to get what you got back. Exactly. And here's the reason why, like you just said, the guy is coming off the books at the end of the year. I mean, do you think Brad Living had any intention of re-signing Michael Froelich? He's been trying to trade him for over a calendar year. And this isn't even reason number one that I, I like the deal. Number one reason, you we've been talking about this all season, even going back to last season. There's not a spot for him in your roster. He doesn't well, fit anywhere. Okay, Because he's not a legit top six guy. I agree. <clears throat> but I'll push back a little bit just from... A perspective of, and this is more so dating back to last year and Bill Peters' usage of him because Bill Peters didn't use him properly last year because he's a good player, both offensively and defensively. For some reason, he was in Bill Peters' bad books last year. Didn't Bill, you want to know why? Because Bill Peters is an idiot. Correct. Correct, sir. Carry on. But I, I don't, I don't, it's not like I'm like, oh, fuck, finally we got rid of Michael Froelich um, because he's a useful player. His offensive and defensive impacts are very good. He's very serviceable. He's a very serviceable guy. And the one thing I will push back where it's like, oh, there wasn't any room for him. It's like, okay, this is a team that still employs Zach Ronaldo, Mark Jankowski, Milan Lucic, Tobias Reeder, on and on and on. Sure. So I'd say he's better than all of those guys. But sure, that's just me nitpicking. Well, let me push back. You had, on... to, get, you had to get rid of that salary. And let me got, push what, back on that. This year? Let me push back on that. Go ahead. Because I feel like he was... The obvious choice. No, yeah, for sure. Like how? Because you're gonna trade Zach Ronaldo. Because no. yeah, well, exactly. You're gonna trade who? Who wants Mark Jankowski? Who wants Michael Stone? Yeah. Nobody wants Lucic. But and I, and I feel like he's more the obvious choice. Is like he could not fit in anywhere permanently. So sure, if you want to keep him as a serviceable player that can play up and down the lineup to cover injuries, like if he was your thirteenth forward that covered injuries all season long. Hey, let's keep him. 
But he belongs on a third line somewhere. Yeah, I think he could have played on our third line. My nitpick with it is just my philosophical difference with Brad Living, where it's like, okay, I totally understand what you're doing here, and I totally agree with it. Like, this for league should have been traded last year. But for me, there's just a bit of a philosophical disconnect when you look at, yeah, we traded Michael Froelich to clear up cap space, but I mean, you also traded to acquire Milan Lucic this offseason. So it's just like, again, like, I wouldn't be so, I wouldn't be so, like, fed up and, like, so critical of Brad Living if he was even consistent in his stupid moves. If his, if his logic, if he logically made stupid moves, it's like, well, I can see what he's doing there. But the fact that he's so random and all over the place and making dumb moves all the time, that just is like, yeah, that's kind of annoying. But count me in as somebody who's like, finally, something Finally. Happens. Finally. Thank you for doing something. So and I mean, someone on Twitter is like, so does, are you guys, like, is this something we celebrate? It's like, no, this is like a sigh of relief. This is like, oh, thank God. That he finally did something. Got something done. He finally like, did something. I was worried. A long list of things that he should be doing. Because un, um, not particularly talked about is the fact that Furley actually did have to waive his no trade clause. Right. Because he did have a, I think he had a limited NTC. It was like 10 teams or something. Absolutely Buffalo was on that list. So he did waive it. Yeah. So he wanted, and again, this goes back to last season when his agent was making a big fuss. I'm sure he wasn't super happy with, you know, playing on the fourth line and being healthy scratch half the time. So this is... This is just as much about Michael Froelich being able to play somewhere too. So, yeah, he is the perfect choice for this. And just to back it up real quick, I think part of your frustration with this is like the whole the whole point of getting to clear cap space while simultaneously bringing my Lucic contract on. Yeah, exactly. I mean, so you've signing said, Michael Stone again. You've said this a few times of like, does he lack vision? It seems like it. Right. What's his vision? He keeps kind of circling back because, like, again. And I want to reiterate, I'm fine with Michael Froelich being traded, but it's just like you could have traded Jankowski and not re-signed Stone and still had near the same caps, cap room. So, Well, and here's the other thing just to bring it all around for full circle is like I know you just made the argument he could play on the third line, but I still don't think he fits there because he makes 4.2? 4.3, yeah. $4.3 million with the plethora of guys that you have that can easily play on a third line role, and I would team. agree. I would agree with that, and I do agree with that. But then it's just like, oh shit! But our third line's populated with Luchichis and Jankowski's. It's like, anyways. Well, and all the more reason why you need to shed some. Yeah, you need to shed one of those guys that had that amount. That amount. Exactly. You know what I'm trying to say. The allocated dollars. Yeah, and you like. There's no way you're gonna find a suitor for Luchich. Right. And he's having. He's hard pressed right now to find a suitor for Jankowski. Totally, he is. Um. So thank God that Froelich's play as of late has been really good. Because if it wasn't, We'd do we find stuck. a suitor? So the next question is obviously. What does this mean? Because you're not just moving Michael Froelich out for the sake of having cap space. Bradshaw Living said they're going to use the cap space. So obviously something is coming. Well, I think it means what we've been saying for the last three months solid. Three months? Three months? Well, at least three months. Seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve months. you got to think this means he's bringing in a top six forward. He will. So and now the question will be, does he bring in another bubble guy? 
Another tweener. Well, and see, that's the thing. Like, because I'm looking at them, looking at the Flames on cap friendly right now. Or can you bring in a legit top six? Because you need a legit top six guy. With the Michael Froelich trade, we currently have um, four point, just almost four point eight million dollars in cap room. That's a good chunk. Yep. But what kind of player does that allow you to bring in if you're not trading anybody else? Well. I feel like there's going to be something else he needs to do. Well, he's, he's I think, he, yeah, he's still got to move out somebody. But this is a start. I feel. I honestly feel like you should trade Hamannik. 100% agree. Because then, 100% now, agree. now you're in the ballpark that you'd want to be. Because, totally. Because if you look, if you trade, if you move Hamannik's salary out, that's an extra 3.8 million. That bumps you up to around almost 9 million in cap space. For a depreciating asset who's not going to resign here, despite what Eric Francis says. Oh my God. Okay. It, do you want Eric, to do it now? Well, it was on our list of things to do, so might as well do it now. Let's do it. Eric Francis. I mean, most of you guys probably watched the game last night. Most of you probably know he's an idiot to begin with. And heard him in the intermission, his two bold takes that Johnny Gaudreau will be traded in 2020. That means this year. I'm sitting there watching it. And as the words about Gaudreau being traded coming out of his mouth, I'm like, what an idiot. And then his next take is, like, literally not going to happen. Travis Hamannick signed a long-term extension with the Calgary Flames because he's an important piece of the Calgary Flames. I, w- I, I don't know why that set me off, but I'm just so sick of that idiot's BS. It set me off to the extent of hearing him on Francis Friday on the 960 today. I couldn't even stand oh, the yeah. sound of his voice. So then... Today, he's doing his dumb Francis Friday shit, and I guess he writes articles because apparently he's a journalist somehow. People pay him to write about hockey. Does he write tabloids? Not, I'm not sure how. And on a real quick side note, how the hell are him and Kron the two best options you have for doing the intermission during Calgary Flames games. Yeah, I'm not a media guy, so I don't know what like the snack spread is or like the food situation for media members. But you gotta think that's a contributing factor for why Brent Cron is now in media, right? Brent Cron looks like he's one hot pocket away from his head literally starting to pop. Like he's busting at the seams. Like I don't I don't understand. Like this guy. Has a face for radio. A face for radio? He's a former pro athlete, for Christ's sake. They drafted him. He was... Uh, this is what just... I was like, holy shit, that's unbelievable. Because they mentioned it last night. They're like, oh yeah, you and Lundqvist were drafted in the same year. What? Look, Go look at Henrik Lundqvist. The flames. Oh, you posted this on Instagram. My God. <laughs> I felt kind of bad, but then the no. side by side of Brett Cron <laughs> next to Hunter, Henrik Lundqvist. It's like guess who? Guess who? The Flames took ninth overall in two thousand. Just are, take a pick. And but, are you surprised? And what did uh, Lundqvist go? Uh, he was like hundred sixtieth or something. Okay, so yeah, it's not. But still, the Flames took him ninth overall. It was brutal. Anyways, uh, back to Eric Francis being a complete tool. I'm just so fed up with his tabloid clickbait BS. Yeah, so today that's on the what fan, it is. Today on the fan, yeah, he's talking about how the Flames are going to go after Cassian, Zach Cassian, Zach Cassian. 
This is his. This is, is his is, analysis. Is that the like? Is that the best you can do, Eric Francis? Well, those the three. And again, like I wouldn't even be so upset. But the fact that he is—he's paid to be a journalist, right? He's giving opinions that people hear, listen to, think like. He's on the goddamn television. You're on goddamn Sportsnet, spewing BS that you have no—you can't substantiate any of that unless he's literally friends with Johnny Gaudreau, and Johnny's like, "Yeah, hey, Eric, I'm leaving next year." Well, like, who does like, that? Like, what? I don't understand why somebody like I've just had it with his BS. You remember when he said they were moving to Houston? Yes, I do, because he said, mark my words, the Calgary Flames are moving to Houston. Mark my words. Well, guess what? We've marked your words, Eric Francis. It's just really annoying when you see a guy who, like, have some fucking integrity. Sorry, and I'm trying not to swear as much, but I mean, like, you're, you're paid to be a journalist and you're spewing BS all the time. We've marked your words, and they reek like dog shit. If Johnny Gaudreau gets traded, Travis Hammond resigns a long-term extension, and the Calgary Flames sign... Trade for Zach Cassian. I will literally never do the this podcast again. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Like what an it's just so frustrating when and then you see people that listen to him because he's on TV, he's in the newspaper, he's got a goddamn blog on Sportsnet. And I'm sorry, but can you they give him a platform on 960 to spew nonsense? It's ridiculous. It's totally ridiculous. He has a segment every single Friday called Francis Friday. And I wouldn't even be so upset if it wasn't so goddamn unprofessional. It's like, it's a little different when it's us. It's like, it's based on zero research. And he's paid money by the biggest media company in the country. Do you think he even spent 10, 15 minutes going through all the potential UFAs on expiring contracts this year that might be suitable guys to go after? No, he thought, who's the first guy that comes into my brain who I can get a rise out of fans? Oh, Cassian. Yeah, perfect. Like, is that really... Is that his tactic? Do you think See, that's... See, there's either two things. He's either as dumb as we think he is, and he actually believes the shit that he says, which I don't know which one it is. It's either that, or he's just trying to get a rise out of people, and he's just a tabloid clickbait idiot. It's probably a little bit of both. It's probably a bit of both, unfortunately. That's that's true. It's just so annoying. And, like, how do you take Kron seriously? Oh, my God. You don't. you don't. Like how? Can you explain to me how? You supposed, don't take him how am I supposed to take this guy seriously? I remember Will Nalt. Remember? Do you hear his take? Oh, that Talbot's gonna overtake uh, Riddick. Riddick. Hey, Brent Cron, that was my hot take in the summer, you asshole. Remember? Yeah. In the summer, though, but like. But that wasn't a hot take. That was his prediction. That wasn't even a bold prediction. He thinks it's gonna happen. Boy, they've got top. They got the peak. Top journalists on Sportsnet. Like, dude, what do you think goes through Ryan Leslie's head when he's interviewing those guys? I don't know. I was kind of thinking about that, but... I think he's just like, this is insane. Like, these guys work for Sportsnet? They get paid money. Like dollars. This, like, this is the best they can get. This is the best that the biggest media company who owns the rights to the NHL broadcast can, can get in Calgary, apparently. Apparently... If you have some talent, talents. There's not much competition out there. Well, as much as we give the guys on the fan a hard time, ninety percent of those guys would be better than those dumbasses. Even though I guess they both are technically on the fan. But God Almighty, I'm just sick of Eric Francis. And if you're listening to this and you're like, "Oh, Eric Francis said Johnny's getting traded," unless something ridiculous happens, Johnny's not getting traded. That's just him talking out of his ass. 
Unless Johnny Goudreau goes to the general manager and says, I'm fucking done with this place. Get me the hell out of here now. Like, Brad Trailing's not trading Johnny Goudreau. That's the only scenario. So, do you think Johnny Goudreau's the type of guy that's going to do that? No. Do you think Brad Trailing's going to trade one of the best players in the league who's making under $7 million in a window here to win a Stanley Cup? No. Oh, yeah, that makes a lot of rational sense. So, God, it's just really annoying when you hear that dumbass. He's so, it's like it boils my blood to watch his stupid red, gross face on TV in that stupid suit. Pretty sure he only owns one suit because he works for the Calgary Sun. Does he kind of look like a ventriloquist dummy to you? He totally does. Somebody's got his hand right up his ass, just blah, 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 he pro- blah. He probably sits there with his own hand up his ass. <laughs> True. Anyways, back to uh, Travis Hamanick. Yeah, I think he's the guy. I do too. And I think it would, it's not, I, and, I think and we've said this before the Fro League thing happened. Yeah. He's on an expiring deal. He's an expiring player. Look at him. In terms of asset management, you have to recoup something from this because the Flames gave up a first and two seconds for this guy. He hasn't been that much of a difference maker on the team. And I mean, if you're going to get anything from him, do you ever need to recoup anything? Like your time, your window to do that is running out. You should have done it last year, but if they re-sign him, which I don't think they should, and I kind of don't think they will, it's I not really going to be long term. Be a huge indictment if they sign Travis Hammond. It's not going to be long term. It's definitely not going to be long term. If Brad does re-sign him, it's going to be what max three years. I can't imagine him signing him over three years, and even then, that's risky to me because the dollars he'll want. I would say you you sign him to max two. I would I wouldn't even sign him to one year on the cheap. I wanted to fucking trade the guy. I know. I've been, I was mad the day we acquired him because I was like, this guy's not a difference maker. Well, he's he poor, was he's poor defensively. He wasn't very good year one. He had a better he was year, terrible in year one. He had a better year last year. Fell apart in the playoffs. Like one of the worst defensemen in the league. Well, in and five and games. like let's that's a good point because. What I see the most value from Travis Hamnick is he has that ability to go into warrior mode, which the guys that can do that, typically, that translates well into playoff wins. He was terrible in the playoffs. So the fact that we didn't see that in the playoffs means get rid of him. Trade him. Even aside from anything, it's just you have to manage... For me, you have to manage that asset because... He's not coming back, even if, like, he's not coming back, I don't think, because he's, the team shouldn't be signing him, number one, because he's not that good of a defenseman. Number two, like, apparently he wants to be in Manitoba or whatever, I don't know, but unless you're going to overpay the guy, which you shouldn't be doing because of the player he is, you can't re-sign him. You're probably not going to re-sign him, so you have to trade him. And are you telling me that Winnipeg would not be interested in a defenseman? In acquiring Travis Hamannick. They've got, like, no defenseman. Like, now that's a perfect opportunity. So, I think just from a strictly asset management point of view, you're not going to resign this guy. He's not really helping your team right now anyways. He's probably a bottom-pairing defenseman, if you're being honest, even though for some reason the coaching staff seems to think he's God incarnate. And he's on an expiring deal, and you give up a first and two seconds for him. you got to get something back for this guy. You have to. You cannot. If Bradshaw Living lets him walk for nothing... Which I would prefer to him signing him, but I mean he's the guy. He's got to be the guy. 
as well as Jankowski. And I'm and I don't say that yeah, because of the performance. I say that because the guy needs to go for his own sake. For his own sake. Like he's done with this place. Like, did you see him on the ice last night? He's done with this team. He's done with this management. He's done with Calgary. He's not going to do anything here. And we're pretty much done with him. He's 25. I think he's going to get better. Like, maybe he could succeed in a, on a third-line role somewhere. Probably. But, I mean, he's invisible. On a night-to-night basis, he's And, invisible. my God, like, I, he's so frustrating to watch because he's so soft. And, like, you've said this a hundred times. It's like, this year, that right wing on the second line, even on the third line, has been open for the goddamn taking. Tobias Reeder was there on practice. Tobias Reeder. He scored no goals last year. Jankowski scored 13. Like, the opportunity is, it's not even a bound. It's, like, so plentiful, you couldn't, like, he hasn't taken any advantage of the opportunity that's been laid in front of him at all. That's that's not a great sign for me. So, let's say you find another team for Jankowski, and it could be a similar situation. Just salary dump. Yep. Yep, which I'm fine. Me too, at this point. What else can you do? Nothing. You got to let him go. If you can do that and then recoup some asset with Hamannick, yeah. and now you're looking at how much? We're over 8 mil, right? Oh, yeah. Well, even with Jankowski, if you add on Jankowski's 1.6 to the uh, the 4.8 we have now that Frolik's gone, that's a nice that's a nice little chunk of like over 5 million, almost 6 million bucks. Yep. It's almost 7 million. So that'd be huge. Then you can actually go out and get. You can get. I'm not big on a rental. I don't want to get a rental. And I and the good news is I don't think Brad Truly wants anything to do with a rental either. I think the only way you'd go out and get a rental is if it's if it's on the cheap. Like if you can get Tyler Toffoli cheap, yeah, sure. If you can get Chris Kreider cheap, sure. Yeah, you get Joe Thornton cheap. Yeah, like cheap, like pennies on the dollar cheap. Like I don't want to be giving up first round, second, maybe a second, depending on who it was. Yeah, I don't want to be giving up first round picks for anybody who's a rental. Yeah. And I think it was Friedman saying this today that you're gonna you're gonna have a better opportunity to get guys for pennies on the dollar the closer you get the trade deadline. Yeah, for sure. Because how many games they have left with that team? That team knows that they're not coming back, and they want to get at least something back. Yeah, totally. And then I mean, the other thing to consider too is like I'm kind of okay to to be honest. I would be kind of okay to let this season play out and not go all in at the deadline for somebody and recoup some assets, trade for a league for a fourth, trade McJankowski for a draft pick, trade Travis Hamannick for a draft pick. I'm totally okay to kind of retool in the offseason and see what you've got after this year. Because, like, honestly, what do you think this team's going to do in the playoffs? Well, here's what I would push back on push is that instead of doing that because that has been infuriating to all hell him doing nothing is that you use the deadline to your advantage and sure if you don't want to go all in and get that legit top size six guy now you make a little splash and then you make a big splash in free agency yes exactly 100 so i would much rather than yeah do i that agree with that than do nothing yeah because then at least it's a shot in the arm for the team. You give the guys a shot. Look, we're, I don't see us. I honestly don't see us missing the playoffs with this roster 
you got to think we've been through the toughest times we're going to face throughout the season. I think we, I feel like we keep saying that, and then we like lose to Chicago, and then. But I still, I still think, Ugh, and, I, and I still think you're going to see Johnny Goudreau and Sean Monahan have an excellent second half. I sure so, hope so. So that's why I'm like, hey, if you don't go get that guy now, at least make a little splash. Get a, get a cheap rental. Yeah, I think you you're just you're just expanding a little bit. I'm just saying, don't blow your load. Don't go crazy. You have a nice little. If you have finally have some nice cap space coming up this off season, don't be going nuts at the trade deadline and picking up some guy who's gonna you know either you're gonna give up way too many assets for and not retain anyways, or a guy who's making way too much money and then you're like, ah, oh, he's probably not really a fit here and he's on the books for a few more years. It's like play this deadline smart and you have a lot of cap space in the summer to really get what you really want, which. Could be Taylor Hall. Yeah. Maybe. That'd be nice. So, that'd be sweet. Imagine two years of Taylor Hall. I mean... Would he sign a two-year deal, though? I doubt it. He wants max, I bet. Max term? How much would you give Taylor Hall? How old is he? 29, 28. I'd want to sign him to a max five years. Yeah, I'm not going over five years. And even that is way too much for me. He's 28. He turns 29 in November. Just because of the age. We see these guys start to regress as soon as they hit, especially the forward group. So I would would pump the brakes on the, like, Taylor Hall massive dump truck of money in front of his house. I would sign him to a five-year deal. Even that, like, he's 34 at the end of it. Man, I don't know. Imagine Taylor Hall in three years. Exactly. He's going to decline. But imagine two years of... Johnny Goudreau, yeah. Taylor Hall, exactly. Taylor Monahan. It could be worth it. That could be worth it, maybe, even if, especially if the cap Well, and here's up. the thing is that rumor has it, he's a prime guy to take a hometown discount. So if Dra- Brad Tree Living Both can do those some... Both pajamas, Taylor! If Brad Tree Living can do some excellent negotiating, maybe maybe we can get him for... Although he has shown, he's shown a proclivity to not be particularly good at uh, UFA signings, so... It's true, but maybe he's learned from his his past. Bio try Brower, son James Neal. What about Mike Hoffman in the offseason? Well, and I and I know that Francis threw his name out there as a potential. I don't think they're going to trade, trade deadline, but why is like Florida Florida's going to be right in the makes running? No sense. So yeah, I, how old and how old Hoffman? He's twenty nine. Because I've been wanting him for a bit, but again, yeah. like you're almost better off if you're going to go all out anyways. Go all out on a guy that's younger. Yeah, that's what we were saying yesterday. It's like, as much as I don't like the Dougie Hamilton trade, the one part of it that I really did like were the ages and the contract status of the guys they got. Under right. 25 yeah. and under team control. So if you're going to go balls to the wall, go do something similar like that. Get a guy who's who's an, maybe an RFA or get a guy who's under 25 who you can sign to a cheaper long-term deal. Or how about this? How about this? You target in on a team that wants some defense, is in a bit of a rebuild process, and doesn't have the strongest analytics department. <laughs> and you trade Noah Hannafin. That's a yeah. See, some I'm I'm because I'm, I feel like you could you totally could. in the right circumstance. Yeah, I agree. Be well on your way to getting that legit top six <clears throat> banger that you need. I'm really glad that you brought this up. I was gonna bring it up, but I wasn't sure if you were gonna you were gonna be like, oh, you just hate on Hannafin all the time. No, I'm in the Hannafin hate camp right now. He's the guy. He's the guy. He's the guy you could pull a one for one legit swap with somebody for. Yeah. Like not to the extent of like Larson for Hall, but I think he still has a lot of I I and the thing with Hannafin too, like he could 
we've seen this with defensemen, right? Yeah, it's like, true. They they tend to be better later in their career. But That's for me, true. all signs point to he is what he is at this point. Even though he is only 22, I totally get that. And the reason why we say that is because at the end of the day, where he lacks the most for us is just straight up hockey sense. Hockey sense. And that's not something you teach. It's not it's either you have it or you don't. Perfect example last night. Oh god. He's skating out of the zone. Nobody's around him. It was like what? It was a, it was that minute and thirty where we couldn't get a change in and our guys were dog tired. And then he gets the puck behind the net. Wow, I got like five or six seconds here. I'm just gonna rip it down the ice. <laughs> just fired it. Icing. It's like, what are you doing? Oh my god. Anyways. Anyways, he's the guy for me that's like, if you really want to get serious about this and really add somebody to your team who's worthwhile, he's the guy. Because he's the guy who's expendable. And I agree. Because he's not only expendable because of his play, he's expendable because he's young. He's expendable because and teams want that. He's expendable because he's on probably a perceived value contract under five million dollars. And he's also expendable, and I don't want to keep bringing this up, but the expansion draft's coming up. Yeah. You've got, like, I I don't know if I, if, I don't know if I'm overstating this, but I mean, like, I, you need to trade one of these guys for something of value, because I don't see them not protecting Geo, just from what I know about the Flames. Right. So that leaves you with two guys to protect. Do you really want to risk losing one of Anderson or Shillington because you protected Noah Hannafin? I don't. I really don't. And then, if you do sign, if, if you're Eric Francis and you sign Hamnick to a long-term deal, you're going to protect him. <laughs> yeah, we're going to protect Giordano, Hannafin, and Hamnick. You can take your pick of Anderson, Valimaki, and Shillington. It'd be great management. Like, that's not happening. Eric Francis is so stupid. Yeah, so, it, I agree. As far as doing a straight up hockey trade, like he is the guy. So realistically, do Hannafin is the do guy. Do you see that? Do you think that could happen this season? The thing is, I don't think that Bradtree Living sees him as the player that we do, and maybe we are wrong. I mean, like if he is gonna get good in let's say two three years. I mean, last night he had a good game. He was great last night. But he has Except like for that dumb every ten games. He has a good game. He has a good game where he's offensively contributing in a way that like helps you win the game. And he's not even that bad defensively. But everywhere in between that it's just like, man, this guy's a liability. Yeah, absolutely. And he's again, he's not his yeah. But let's say, because how many more years does he have in his contract currently? I think he's. I think this is year one or year two of his five-year extension. So he should have three after this. Um, I'll double check. Yeah, Hannafin is signed until twenty-three, twenty-four. Because like, let's say he goes into his prime, twenty-six to twenty-eight. He's. He's gonna be on. An, like, like, what is his upside? His yeah. biggest upside is he can move the puck well. He can skate well with the puck. Okay. His, he can he can skate. When I say he can move the puck well, I mean he can he can skate with the puck well. Yeah. Because he can't really move the puck. He doesn't move the puck smart. He can move the puck well, meaning with speed, which is so weird because that it seems he doesn't even play to his own strengths. Right. Like I very rarely see him do something that he's good at, which is skate the puck from his own end into the attacking zone. Like he's very good at that. Yeah. From he never does that. From basically the red line into the offensive end. He's good in the neutral he's zone. He's much better there than he is 
from the, the yeah, defensive side like, totally. of the red line. And even then... Like, and I mean, he doesn't put up... Like, he's a volume shooter, so a lot of his underlying, like, shot metrics, he's he generates a shit ton of shot attempts, but very few of them are high-quality chances. He's just firing pucks a lot. So if, it, if it's me as the GM, he's the guy yeah. that I'm willing to take a risk on that me he's too. not going to get that great? Like, I, yeah, I take that risk all day long. But because... I don't think Brad Treliving thinks that way, then Hamannick's the next guy for me. Yeah, but I just think if you really want to improve your team via trade, if you really are serious about it, yeah, Noah Hannafin is prime number one trade ship. And I, to me, it's a no-brainer. Because there's no way I'm trading one of Valimaki, Dubé, or Valimaki, Shillington, or Anderson. Those guys, to me, they're younger. They're just as good, if not better. I think Anderson and Valimaki are both better than Hannafin. Yep. Shillington's probably in the... Like, how much better is Shillington going to be when he's in his fourth year of the league right? than Hannafin currently is? Like, I think he's projecting to be better than Hannafin. I think, personally. Personally, I agree. Um, So, you have those guys. Like, what are your other trade chips? Dylan Dubé? There's no way in hell you're trading Dylan Dubé. I mean, you don't probably want to get into the game of trading your first, your most recent prospects, because we're prospect poor already. So I just think if you look at Noah Hannafin, there's a perfect guy who's making a good chunk of money, who probably has some value in a trade, who could bring you what you need. Yeah. He's the guy. And this all comes back to your question of like, what's next? What does the for league trade mean? And it's like, I, I'm pretty sure, I'm like 99% sure Brad knows what we need. We need a top six guy that can score goals. And we talked about this the other day. You might as well find someone that you think is going to mesh well with Johnny Goudreau and Sean Monaghan because it looks like your top line is going to work. Yeah, it looks like that line's good good to go. So if you have your top line, Chucky Lindholm and Monge, and they can do well shutting down other top lines defensively, they can play on both sides of the game, then you can follow up with your lethal line of Monty Johnny and Player X. Mm-hmm. Money. So do you think... I know, it's so hard to speculate. Do you think he'll go after a guy like Toffoli Kreider rental? I I don't I do I'm willing to bet it's gonna be a guy who's under the radar who we're not expecting. Yeah. Because and I applaud Brad Cheerling for this. He does not strike me as the guy that likes to go after rentals. He sees it as unless you can get him dirt cheap. Yeah. Like what's the point? Why would you spend so many of your assets. We don't have enough assets just to blow. He's already done that already on Travis Hammond. It hasn't worked out. So, and it wasn't a rental person. Even, no. even the ones he over he overpaid for it still wasn't for a one year rental. All signs point that he does not into rentals, and neither am I. No, neither. Like so, again, I don't, like I don't, I, yeah. I don't see what trading like because what do you realistically have to give up to get a guy like Tyler Toffoli? Probably a first round pick, right? Okay, here's the only time I think you get a rental. Is when you're already a contender. Yeah, exactly. We're not. No. We're nowhere near. Well, like I said to you, do you think this team is actually... What do you think this team is going to legitimately do in the playoffs? Like, there's a question of us even making the playoffs. Yeah, I'm pretty skeptical at this point. I the only, the I'm only, pretty sure we will. The only reason I will say we will is because our division sucks ass so hard. And Vegas and Arizona are the only teams who seem to have their shit together. So, I, I trust the Flames to beat out Vancouver, Edmonton... Etc. Vancouver's starting to look pretty good. They won six in a row. Yeah, but how how long is that going to last? Let's, let's hope that that tapers off. So, yeah, I'm really because again, the one thing I have admired about Bradley Living, even super critical of his moves, 
but he hasn't yet made like a Peter Chiarelli esque or like one of those Daryl Sutter yeah. trades where it's like, holy shit, what are you doing? That guy's only going to play for us for twenty games. Yeah. So his restraint on the rental market has been a strength for sure. The thing is, is that he he's kind of right in the middle, where it's yeah. like he hasn't really necessarily been bad, but he hasn't necessarily been good. I think and most of his moves have been bad, but the moves he hasn't made has mitigated that. Yeah, so let's just hope that he's learned from his, his time here. and Because he really, honestly, he needs to really nail the next six months. Dude. Because if he doesn't... Well, again, like I've said this before, like... Then I we're not getting better. I can't imagine. Number one, he needs to nail the next six months for his own personal job security, I think. Even though he just signed that three-year extension... See, and I'm even doubtful of that, because I... But go ahead. Well, I would be doubtful of that I, I if would... the Bill Peters situation didn't happen this year. And again, I'm not pinning it on him. But if I'm an owner of the Calgary Flames, I'm not particularly happy with all the crazy shit that's gone on this season. You acquired Milan Lucic. I mean, I guess you got Kachuk signed. But then your hand-picked coach, who you fired Glenn Gullitson for to go out and get, is involved in this big debacle. I can't see everybody super, super, super stoked. And say, here you go, Brad. Go do whatever you want. The next coaching hire is yours. So I can't imagine if he has, like... Because how many screw-ups has he had? They're paying Troy Brower to not play for them. They're paying Michael Stone to... <laughs> well, they're paying Michael Stone double. The James Neal Lucic fiasco. Whole James Neal ja- now Lucic Bill fiasco. Peters. Now Bill Peters fiasco. Again, not that I'm blaming him for that, but I mean, he was the coach this guy hired. I can't imagine everyone's super stoked. The team has been really bad this year. See, and I hope you're right, but I am doubtful that the ownership group... And I think the biggest thing is, like, they gave him a three-year extension yeah. before even seeing how this whole Lucic thing played out. That's true. But your point still remains. The next six month months are critical. Like, he has zero room for error. He can't screw up. Especially because... And not necessarily... I don't even care about his job. No. I care about the team. Same. The other thing is... He does have a lot of money coming up. He's got to be careful. Again, like this is my, this is maybe my concern is like, I don't want him to go out and get a player who is under contract for more years and eats up all this valuable cap space that is finally coming to us. Because I mean, you've got some RFAs coming up. You got to, you got to sign Mange again. I mean, he's the most notable one, but I mean, Brody and Hamannick are both done. Um, you're going to need a backup goalie again next year. You're probably going to want to add somebody. Like, if you want to be in on the Taylor Hall discussion, you can't be capped out in the come off season. So, this is a very critical time for the Calgary Flames right now. I'm going to make another, what do you call it? Caveat? No. Another what? Like, weird analysis. Remember when, I was, remember when, when it was a weird analysis that there was a rift between... Johnny and the players and Bill Peters. You're gonna do another. Do you remember uh, that? Yeah, I remember that. Wait, what do you call that? Uh, Propose. I don't know. Whatever. I'm gonna make another one of those right now. Okay. That part of the reason why Johnny Goudreau has struggled this year and at times looked uninterested is because not only was there a level of dissatisfaction with the coaching the coach Bill Peters and the coaching staff there's also been a level of dissatisfaction with the general management staff and the reason why I say that is because 
Let me ask you this. Does Johnny Gaudreau seem like a smart guy to you? He seems relatively intelligent. Right. Do you think that you could play the style and level of play that we've seen him play without being really highly intelligent? I would imagine not. Do you think that after, was his six year in the league? Six or seven. Do you think after six years playing in the NHL and starting to get an get starting to get an understanding for how the the business side of the thing goes, that he hasn't picked up on what his own thoughts of what the team needs to make it better. Do you think he's starting to figure that out? I would imagine so. Do you think that he's particularly pleased? Without Bradtree living, has either added or subtracted or done neither to this team in the last two years? I would imagine not. Do you think that that starts to creep in to you as a player and creep into your performance a little bit? When you're like, when the fuck is this fucking guy going to fucking do something? Uh, hells yes. Am I expected to do everything on this stupid team? Do you think it's a coincidence that we saw... The best of Johnny Gaudreau so far this year after Bill Peters was removed. Do you think it's a coincidence that Michael Frolik gets traded? The, the, the general manager finally fucking does something to address the team in a way that you know is the right direction. That he gets a goal and assist last night. It looks pretty decent. Well, imagine your own workplace if you have a job and you work. Oh, I can imagine it because it's very real. Can you imagine when there's just like nothing ever changes? There's no vision, direction. It's just like, what am I doing? When you know and that... And I'm expected to do everything. And I'm the one getting criticized. And I'm the one who Eric Francis is saying is the problem because it's me. I can imagine that screws with your performance. The thing is, is like, you got to remember, these guys are young. They, Johnny's old and he's 26. They come out of college or junior as kids come into the league. They're still kids. They're making millions of dollars. Now they're dealing with all this this stuff. Like, like how much have you learned and developed and grown right? as an individual, individual through your 20s? Can you imagine being in the NHL making millions of dollars at 21? Can you imagine? The point is, is that these guys have aspects of their lives that they need to work on it like they have their own challenges internally like it's not all about hockey no so and the reason why i bring that up is like like you said how much does that weigh on a guy where it's like jesus i'm getting the blame here meanwhile the media just can't get enough of bradshaw living right there's, there's well and that's the thing that's so funny too it's like I don't know if, well, it all came out of this Eric Francis thing. It's like one of the narratives I've seen kind of on Twitter lately is like, why don't we trade Johnny Gaudreau? This team can't win with Johnny Gaudreau. It's just like, it's mind-boggling to me. And imagine how that affects you. You're like, I am the best player this team has had in 20 years, and I'm the problem? I'd probably want to be traded too, right? So I think that's a very valid hypothesis. And that's why this next six months is... Crucial for the team, not for not for Bradtree League, for the fucking team. Well, imagine if they get to a place where Johnny Gaudreau does want to leave. That would be a goddamn shame that the team is mismanaged so so much that one of the best players in the league, a generational talent, 
wants to leave because it's like, why would I want to stay if this dumb idiot's in charge? And the, yeah, and the best counter argument I hear to the people on Twitter that are like, oh, let's get rid of them, is just stop and think, would we even have a team? Like, who would we be without Johnny Goudreau? Right. Like, even look back in the last four years. You would be nowhere. Like, that's the thing. We did a podcast in the summer. It's like, these guys are undervalued. And it seems like anytime they struggle, and I know I've been critical of him because, again, like, but it's to the, it's the, the reason is because he is so integral to this team's success. He's, if he's not going, this team's not winning, period. Yeah. And that's why I always come back to this question, okay, what's wrong with him? Because there's something wrong with him. He's not just sucking because he sucks. He doesn't suck. He's amazing. He does need a new breakaway move, though. Yeah. Even though it worked he last was night. lucky that one. It scores like... It's literally the only move he's got on a breakaway. It's probably like one out of every eight times. He does the same move every single time. Every time. Oh, well, no. He changed it up once. And he bobbled the puck. But remember when he went down on Bishop, he dangled the shit out of him. Oh, yeah. And the shootout. But the thing is, with the amount of speed he had last night... Yeah. That's... He needed to come in on that amount of speed. I, I don't mind that move, but he needs to come up with a new move. Anyways. All right. Let's quickly wrap up. Chicago, New York. I was at Chicago game. I don't Chicago even want to, game was terrible. I don't even I don't want, want to talk, talk about, about it. <laughs> at least, at least they get, at least they showed up for five minutes in the third. At least they actually made it interesting. And it was really frustrating because like Chicago is a team you should have beat. They're one of the worst defensive teams in the league. Yeah, come we, on. We play them after mini. You got to punk these guys. Do we play? We can play them soon. We have another. Unfortunately, like what is with the afternoon Minnesota games? Can somebody tell me this? Like, why do we have to sit through another one of these? Like, is that going to be just as boring as the last one? Oh, my God. We play them right away after Mini. We play them on Tuesday. Okay, so we do get another kick at the can with Chicago. Yeah. So we go Mini in Mini, Chicago in Chicago. I th- Honestly, I think we're winning both those games because you tell me we're going to lose to Minnesota after the way we lost them again? No. I sure hope not. You tell me we're going to lose to Chicago after the way we... Like, these guys... And this goes back to what I was saying yesterday, why I think that we're good. And Monty and Johnny are... Gonna have an excellent well, second half. It's gonna, I think as a unit, these guys are gonna be like, okay, let's stop fucking around. Like enough's enough. Monahan was a beast last night. He was the best player on the ice. Right? And he we was, saw spurts of Johnny being Johnny. He was good last night. Another too. game winner, yep. Um he set up he set up the Monahan goal. Like when you, like you said this to me earlier, it's like as soon as he got that puck and kind of crossed over the blue line, you're like, oh shit, something's gonna happen here. I had a good feeling, yeah. yeah. And you can tell when he's got that. So he was good last night. Sean Monahan was a beast last night. So Please keep that up. Please continue. I think your next, your next five games, let's let's put it this way, your next seven games, Dude, I, yeah, your next that lead you into the, what's that break called? All star break. The all star break. A week off. Or the CBA mandate. Maybe outside of the Toronto game, line up pretty damn well for you. you. Absolutely can and should beat Minnesota twice. Yeah. Absolutely can and should beat Chicago. Yep. You've already beaten the Oilers, and you should beat the Oilers. Montreal is struggling right now. And you lost them already in a game you should have won. And, then and you're you've got to beat the Senators. So this is a good this is a good chance for these guys to get on a roll here. Especially when I think the mindset is starting to get to the point of like, okay, let's stop fucking around. Enough's enough. Yeah. Let's play some hockey. Totally. Let's do this. I agree. And just as a side note, please stop voting for Gujar to make the All-Star game. I want him to rest. Because you saw what happened after the All-Star Game break last year. They sucked. Let the poor guy rest. Stop voting for him. Vote for Lucic. And I'm going to say, 
I want to see him there. I mean, he is a guy. He's a delight to watch because he deserves to be there. He's one of the few guys. Like that's the thing with those. I hate the All Star stuff, but he's one of the few guys. Like this just shows you how talented it is. You know how he's so good in those like puck relay things. Nobody can do them but him. Yeah, it's unreal. Yeah, and yeah, he deserves to be there. And after everything that we just discussed, I think it'll be good for him to, to get selected. Maybe. He just wants to go to Hawaii with his girlfriend, probably. As would everybody. Hey, who wouldn't? I know. Dylan Larkin the other day is like, please stop voting for me. I want the week off. He said that. Really? Yeah. Hey, Larkin, we got you in our pool. And you've sucked ass all year. So is that the problem? You need a week off? All right. So what do you think? Let's wrap this up. Timeline for any kind of move. I don't think anything's imminent, personally. Well, I think he'll continue to shop around, but like... Um, Friedman said you're probably going to get guys for cheaper the closer you get to deadline Yeah, and I would probably if I had to guess I'd say it's way closer to deadline than not yeah me too I, I would say pro- I don't even know if it's going to be this month as far as the acquisition unless, unless he has somebody targeted as far as the acquisition yeah yeah, I agree but getting rid of Jankowski I think that's the, probably the next next domino to you fall you think so and then if he moves if anybody wants to either Hamannick or Hannafin, we'll see that before deadline, I think. Yeah. I think it'll depend on who he's going after. Or maybe sure. it's during. Because maybe maybe he moves Hannafin at the deadline for an acquisition. Well, and maybe... Because when's the deadline? Is it the end of February? Like, you could be in a way different spot than you are now. Oh, yeah. I think Dude, he... you've got 42 games left. You know I think you? some of the guys, if he's trading... If he's trading Noah Hannafin, I don't know if the time matters because that would be more of a player-for-player yeah. player swap. Totally. Where you're getting a guy back who's under contract who's going to be part of your team. For Hamannick or even Jankowski, it's probably closer to the deadline just because they are UFA guys. So, I don't know. We'll see. All right. So, we got a boring-ass Sunday afternoon game coming up. Please show up. Please.